Are you ready to begin? I am. Hello, this is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. And we are two girls. Too sad. Let's jump into the syllabus. <laughs> yes. Um, hi, Bethany. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. We're <laughs> in the midst of our um, series on food and spirituality, really getting into the swing of things. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like, and this one's a, a little bit of a callback to season two, I think is going to be happening uh-huh. on that, on our Catholicism season. Um, <laughs> We're experts my, my, on Catholicism. Uh, <laughs> Lived Vatican experience should, experts. The Vatican should hire us. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do a pod for the Vatican and they're weird, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> And they're weird. Um, they're, they, they're like humanity 2.0 foundation. Really? Why would you name it that? That's like Why? them coming out and saying that they're transhumanists. That's just like basically an, an, an admit admission. We're starting over. Um, <laughs> here are the new humans. They're like when the transhumanism movement takes over, the Catholic church will not be left behind. Do you think the Catholic Church, the Vatican, also like has alien intel? Like the CIA mm. has alien intel? I bet they do. Especially if those aliens are angels, <laughs> as we discussed in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder yes. if like the Galactic Wars. Yeah, and if aliens are angels, then that also means that some aliens are demons. Well, isn't isn't Satan a former angel right yeah so the galactic wars maybe are between angels and demons is this the plot of the anime evangelion i think it i think it maybe is the plot of that anime i saw part of that anime when i was like 12 so i cannot tell you what happens into it other than some images have deeply scarred me but it might be the plot of that based on a true story <laughs> mm. oh, so weird um yeah uh yeah i would believe that there are some aliens who are angels and some aliens who are demons sure maybe it's Why also not? the plot of a dan brown novel too Maybe Dan Brown stole from anime. Angels and demons. Yeah. <laughs> that Dan, Dan Brown novel. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> I think it also might be the plot of Paradise Lost. <laughs> I um I I got this book. Um yesterday at this like used bookstore I was just looking at their outside bin and um saw a book called Dante's Philosophical Life subtitle Politics and Human Wisdom in Purgatorio oh. um 
isn't a good chunk of um Dante's Inferno like fuck you guys how dare you banish me from Rome or wherever he was going to go. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Now I'm riding you all into hell. I think <laughs> that's a good chunk of it. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 He's like, it. it's like, what's the, um, there's like some internet meme that's like, watch out. Like you don't, or it's like, it's like some Taylor Swift lyric or something that has been memefied. That's like, watch out. You don't hurt her, break her heart. Cause she's a writer and she'll write you in to her songs or something. That's like Dante, <laughs> like watch out Roman empire where <laughs> Dante will write you into hell in his books. <laughs> Basically Dante and Swift, T Swift. Dante's a sad girl. Dante is a sad girl. That's true. <laughs> um but i wonder if there are alien if like the intergalactic alien angel demon fight isn't is yeah that's kind of you could read that into it you could interpret the divine comedy as that sure yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) i like it i like this thread to the (laughs) vatican's humanity 2.0 initiative (laughs) <laughs> i wish that there was some way to tie it back into like the actual top subject matter at hand for our pod like is there any cannibalism in the inferno i've never actually read it but i wonder oh fuck there is something there is something but there's something food related and I'm totally blanking on it. And it's either they're being punished for like gluttony or. Oh yeah. 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 But I think gluttony is a little bit more of like, not just food, but right. like excesses of all appetites. Right. But I think also you're right. Really though. Sexual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right that there's um that they are punished by eating lots of food. Cause, cause the Simpsons parodies it. Right. It's a similar thing. Yes. Oh my God. You're right. Yeah. Homer Simpson, like it's like him in hell, like being punished for gluttony and they just like force feed him donuts, but he doesn't find it to be a punishment. He's like more, (laughs) more, he like keeps (laughs) munching on the donuts and like finds it really pleasurable. (laughs) It's like a conveyor belt of donuts. (laughs) And the little deep, like little devils are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Can't break him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting like it's like a parallel I guess it's like a um it's just supposed to be a lesson or the moral of the story like a catholic lesson in like balance and moderation because you like have to be feasting on Jesus Mm. but then on Jesus body but then you also have to you can't take it in excess too much gluttony is a sin yeah man man cannot live on bread alone (laughs) (laughs) hangless uh oh my god now i just thought about oh leavened bread and like manna from heaven yeah oh my god yeah every time you guys and when i say you guys i'm addressing the listeners every time (laughs) mary and i come to do this um to do this food and spirituality there's just like the constant like spiritual food metaphors just keep coming mm-hmm. it's really hard to organize this season because it just there's too much 
<laughs> there's too much and it's all interwoven. Yeah. You know, today we are talking a little bit more about sort of food ritual rituals and and either metaphors or actual sacrifice related to food. And uh, it relates so much to last episode when we were talking about cults, obviously. It also relates to the health and wellness because everything's been made a ritual out of food. And then there's been this running theme of um, sex and sexuality and food. And I think in this, there's a, there's also a lot around that or fears around it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, on moderating appetites and um, yeah, and uh, controlled rituals, uh, I think, yeah. around fasting, feasting, and sacrifice. And dosing. And dosing. Let's not forget dosing. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> Someone told me that they were... Um... Someone in this like writing group that I'm in told me that they were um, trip sitting this weekend. Oh God. Like, wow. She was like, I don't know what she's like. I'm kind of scared because I don't know. Like if this person like decides to, that she wants to like leave or something, like how do I navigate that? No, you could not pay me enough (laughs) to trip sit for someone. A hundred percent now. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. I would hate that. No. Can't be a shaman. I have to <laughs> eliminate shaman from my career goals for that reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for it. Didn't Aldous Huxley, he, I don't think he ate peyote. I, like, I think that some people eat cactus, oh. dose on it, but I think that he smoked it. Maybe. Okay. And I think he was also into LSD. Yeah. But I could, yeah. Um, yeah variety yeah, so, of but ways. it's but that's less um that's a little bit less it's, food yeah yeah um yeah yeah there's like it's interesting dosing is interesting just because it takes there's like ways to get it into your bloodstream to get the drug into your bloodstream through smoking or like or like absorbing it on your tongue and it's it's distinctly different from like ingesting mm-hmm. something I guess um, like something that's getting absorbed into your system via the digestive tract. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. The circles. There's so many tangents. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> where do you want to start? I think we should begin in our old territory. Yeah. Of okay. Christianity. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking a lot about how food comes into it. And obviously there's a myriad of ways we've already talked about manna from heaven being like a spiritual but actual food that mm-hmm. life-giving obviously and and saving mm-hmm. um and then becomes metaphorical but there's also and then it's also our favorite transubstantiation in which <laughs> jesus christ is um body and blood right something that you literally digest into you I saw Uh, a tweet today that was like the only time I eat out is on Sunday for the Eucharist (laughs) (laughs) loved it genius and then there's also a lot of sacrifice in Mm -hmm. um the Old Testament especially uh with Cain and Abel uh that's a story of sacrificing food or not sacrificing food 
um, to God and what that means. And then there's also, of course, Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham is then called, instead of sacrificing an animal like they would normally do to God, um, an angel tells him to sacrifice his son, which he's fully prepared to do until God's like, okay, you're going to do it. I got Here's a you. Go instead. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's um the I the like sort of early Judeo Judeo Christian stories like a lot of Old Testament stuff around food, um and then you can also like extrapolate like kosher mm-hmm. laws from this. Super interesting to me. Um, the whole idea of the whole idea of like kosher rituals and like and like when to sacrifice the goat or the lamb or whatever. Um, oh my God. And then Jesus being the lamb. And that's why he's the food yeah. the bread of life. He sacrificed but he, his himself, but it's a mixed metaphor in there. Yeah. Mr. Jesus, that's a bit of a mixed metaphor because if you're the lamb and you're sacrificing as a lamb, but then you say that you're the bread, your body is bread. That's like, and what are the you? Blood are you is wine. Are you meat or are you bread? <laughs> what the fuck, bro? And anyway, then Jesus also does a ton of miracles around food too. Right. Right. Um, most of his miracles, I think. Right. Around food. Um, yeah. Water into wine. Um, but d- to finish my thread on the kosher thing though, it's interesting to me that there's like, so clearly, um, uh, the early Judeo Christians, um, and early Jews are thinking like, like they see it as a sign from God. If they're eating, uncooked meat or spoiled meat mm-hmm. or if they're like mixing crossing certain foods and they think that it's and it, they become sick and they think that that's the punishment from god and mm-hmm. so then um uh and there's no way and there's no like microbiological right. <laughs> observation of course happening and so so they think that it's a punishment from god and then they create all of these rituals to avoid becoming sick to avoid the punishment of, of illness um and then from there now you have kosher, mm-hmm. um, kosher, what's not. Um, and yeah, just, it's such a, um, I, my, I will, for, I guess, I guess this is my like forever thesis. Um, the spirituality and the ritualization comes from is, is like a, it's a misunderstanding because you don't have, obviously you don't have the tools to observe. It's a misunderstanding of like, empirical evidence of your own lived experience Mm. you know that you are getting sick you know that there are steps you can take to avoid getting sick but you ascribe that to you ascribe the logic to like a higher being Mm -hmm. and that's what wellness culture is now um same thing higher being is just Gwyneth Paltrow yeah um (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so anyway yeah that's like forever I'll come back to that I guess Mm -hmm. that's the conclusion that I draw but anyway Um, Yeah, it also leads to ideas around like, obviously, sacred foods like we've talked Mm -hmm. like manna or something like that or in in all over the world and all over cultures and religions, there are foods that are either more sacred or in certain ritual um, Mm -hmm. aspects are sacred or animals too that either aren't used in diet or are because of their religious I don't know, elements the in that culture. But I also think about like, we talked about even the apple, an apple, but there's all like a huge debate of like, what is the fucking fruit 
that Eve eats, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, maybe it's a pomegranate. And if it's a pomegranate, then you have immediately ties yeah. to like Hades and Persephone. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, is per- the pomegranate, which yeah. is a sexualized fruit, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and like used to be known as an aphrodisiac, at least at some point. Mm-hmm. So then you have immediately um, ties to like the underworld, sin, yeah. pomegranates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, I don't know, to me is like really funny that you can like blast through that. Um, (laughs) Through- I sneezed y'all. Sneezing. Um, And I laughed. I don't know why, but (laughs) bless you. Um, (laughs) But I also think there's probably a lot of um, leaps going on on my end and leaps in general on the like fruit that Eve ate tons of plot holes plot holes and also like tying it to the Hades I mean like that's a very different culture at that point like incredibly different they don't have the same issues with sex that Judeo-Christian culture tends to delineate more on Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so it's probably probably not correct (laughs) but yeah yeah well and I think the interesting thing to me is that um the central role that food plays in all myth and that's myth is like the new testament the old testament greek myths um like all of it like food and and you find it in the um the quran has like food stuff too Mm -hmm. um uh and then also isn't oh man there's something in in like eastern philosophy eastern spiritual philosophy like, doesn't the tree that Buddha was found enlightenment under, isn't that a, it's a bodhisattva tree, I think, but doesn't it bear fruit? And there's like fruit of enlightenment. There's, there, I think so. Food think is so, so central mm-hmm. to all myth and all spirituality. And, um, and it really, and I guess this is a way to bring in the first little like docket item on the docket. <laughs> <laughs> um, it like, it goes back to, uh, ancient humans like they were the first cults were around fertility and around food and so you're just always going to find like the things that sustain life Mm -hmm. um the things that that um create and sustain life um so you're always going to food will always be a central role because of that um and yeah and in native american cultures there's um certain very particular foods play a role ceremonially um, and it's like separate from, separate from like medicine, um, mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's, uh, like, there's like a, like the Hopi culture has, um, like a certain blue corn strain hmm. that is like for ceremonial use. Um, and it's, yeah. And so it's just, it's again, like the, the, um, you can, it's sort of like, you can sort of accept that there's, fertility and food cults in ancient human cultures that have sprung flourished into all of these different legends uh religions not legends (laughs) freudian slip um (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um we wanted to talk about a great book uh by john allegro written in the late 70s called the sacred mushroom and the cross did you finish it 
I, I read through it incredibly fast, but it was a trip. Um, <laughs> yeah. The critical reception when he, it was like wholeheartedly rejected by most Bible studies and religious studies people um, when it first got published. Yeah. But now it has a little more credit, like people have given it a second. Well, there's one person. So basically the, the main, the um, argument in this book is the sac- the sacred mushroom and the cross book um, is that the Jesus story, which is, and particularly Jesus's sacrifice, um, that eat of my body, drink of my blood, the body, mm-hmm. the, the bread and wine are my body and blood kind of thing. The argument that Allegro is making is that that harkens back to uh, Sumerian cults that um, ate, that ceremonially ate mushrooms. And that the Sumerian cult was um, conquested, their land was invaded and conquested by, um, by Jews. And then they had to like, figure out a way to um, assimilate, but still re- maintain their religious integrity. And that is where Christianity comes from. Huh. And that's that's the argument. And um, and so they create this like figure of air quotes, figure of Jesus, but Jesus is actually the mushroom. It, yeah. It's like a psychedelic mushroom that uh, brings you to like spirit, all kinds of like spiritual enlightenment or whatever. And um he john allegro was a major in the lsd like moment um lsd and psilocybin moment of the 1970s was a major like psilocybin doser Mm. and um so he was uh there's there are many arguments against this like a lot like because there is evidence that jesus christ was a was a real person and stuff like that um a lot of Bible studies people, they just thought that he was pushing drug use basically. Right. And it, um, I actually heard about this on a, another podcast last year and there was it, the book got a little bit, the research got a little bit more revived because this other dude now is starting to, um, research back like the Sumerian texts, texts hmm. that Allegro is looking at. And, and he's, um, like revitalizing this argument and people find him more credible because he doesn't use any drugs. He's like very sober. Right. Okay. So, so they don't yeah. feel like they're, he's pushing it. <laughs> yeah. A mushroom agenda. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I thought was interesting about the book was um, some of this, like the Jesus Christ figure is essentially code, right? At the time, um, because they're attempting to keep under the radar from the Roman empire, um, which was interesting because I distinctly remember learning a lot about early Christian groups and all of their secret code to, to, um, keep under the radar and not get persecuted by the Roman empire. Um, so like, you know, drawing fishes in the sand, I have actually no idea if it honestly seemed made up to me now. And I have no idea if it was real. Of like, but like marking early churches and stuff yeah. like that with like code, yeah. which doesn't seem that far apart from this same story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's, um, 
well, it's a compelling argument to me because, um, because you see this also repeated in addition to seeing, uh, food repeated in, in his religious histories. Um, everybody is trying to conquer everyone else at all times. And so there's like, um, there's constant syncretism going on. There's constant, like, um, whatever oppressed religion is, is being oppressed at the time, um, has to like find its way by adopting certain symbols of the oppressor and, um, and, and then, but like transmuting that into like their own ritual and that, and that becomes the code. Um, you see this a lot with, um, with Haitian voodoo too, because Haitian voodoo has so much, uh, Catholic iconography because they were, um, enslaved by, uh, French Catholics. And right. so that's the only way that they can continue practicing and continue worshiping is to like, just adopt that imagery. Um, but like sort of consecrate it into their worldview, um, or their religious worldview. Um, and so, so yeah, that like, it's, it's, certainly plausible that at the time of early Christianity, um, because essentially like the early Christians were worshiping a criminal and, um, what the Roman empire saw as a criminal. Right. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, forbidden mushroom, forbidden Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, uh, I think that the thing, maybe the, the flaw in the argument is like, oh, John Allegro says that I think that he asserts that Jesus actually wasn't real. It's all just like a symbol. It's all just a biblical symbol right. for a mushroom. But I think what is more compelling and maybe this, uh, this person who like revitalized this research, um, just recently, I think that he's sort of saying like, Jesus was a historical figure who, um, who was leading this mushroom cult. Yeah. And the reason for the mushroom cult is really super interesting too. I'll just want to point this out in the book that, um, so, uh, these like ancient Sumerians also had a fertility cult and, um, they, uh, see these mushrooms, these mushrooms that when you eat them, these things like sprouting up out of the ground, sprouting out on, on tree bark and stuff. And when you eat them, take you to another fucking world, (laughs) um, get you so high. Um, and, the, and, and what is, uh, magical or miraculous about the mushrooms is that they don't, again, because they, they are not, the ancient Sumerians are not seeing the mycological network. Um, there's no seed and, Mm. um, and it just like sprouts up out of the ground out of nowhere. That's another major tie to the, um, the fact that Jesus, um, the fact that Mary conceived without a husband, without a seed. So, um, and the mushrooms themselves also, as he points out a lot, are very phallic looking. He points out a lot. <laughs> very phallic. And then you have like the son of God and yeah. like it, like this, like, yeah. Yeah. Fertility. Yeah. yeah. It all, yeah. It all like <laughs> is interwoven. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh my God. There's like a whole, like chapter two is like just about like penis etymology. <laughs> like if- <laughs> bit ridiculous it goes on for a bit too long (laughs) but um but it's it's, I find it hard to argue with and I think that um I think that it it is plausible that like the Jesus figure 
is someone who is carrying this tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I'm not a biblical scholar, so. <laughs> but I loved that book. Yeah, it's like, a, I don't know. It's a really interesting um, perspective. I really do enjoy the, like, I want to say like revisions, but like revisiting, especially Christianity, because a lot of it's taken as total truth rather than being like, oh, it's a product of culture and environment. Uh, certain mm-hmm. stories and things like that so I do love the like okay why are there these stories around certain factors in the bible yeah. like wh- what brought those on and then to connect I mean like you said uh religions of, of people who are being oppressed um will often take on like the dominant religion and then um use it uh to still practice um their original faith but we also know that Christianity is a very malleable religion that oppressors mm-hmm. likewise mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. on um, bits of whoever they were dominating and incorporated that into the Christianity in order to make it more palatable and mm-hmm. like easy to take on. So, I mean, all of your Gaelic rituals yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then there, there have been comparisons like, um, yeah, just it, the, it, the road goes both ways. Like there have been comparisons to like, of like a lot of saints and especially folk saints are like deities. Um, and that's how people continue to practice their polytheistic religions is by, um, adopting saints. Um, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, keep going. Sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I also really liked that, uh, that he's focusing so much on the food, on the Eucharist part of it, mm-hmm. because I think that the other thing, um, that while Catholicism itself focuses so much on the suffering of Christ and the, and the, the sacrifice, um, and, um, and, and the guilt, I mean, that's how they like inculcate this, like shame and guilt forever into you, um, is because it's, yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah, they, they focus on the suffering. And Mm -hmm. so I find it really interesting that he, he, um, he takes it a little bit, makes it folk. (laughs) He makes it folk (laughs) by going back to the, like the food part of it. Yeah. I think, um, well, I don't want to move on too quickly, but I do think like talking about the polytheism, like mm-hmm. still s- worshiping a, in a polytheistic way under the mm-hmm. guise of monotheism uh, does lead us to um, the Rosalind Miles book, mm-hmm. Who Cooked the Last Supper, which mm-hmm. you also suggested for this, um, which was great. Um, yeah, I've only read like part of a chapter of that one. <laughs> I would say it's like definitely second wave feminism. Yeah. Oh yeah. Through and through like a lot of essentializing yeah. and yeah. <laughs> so you have to take that with a yeah. Grain of salt. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, but it's, it's, it's nice that, I don't know. It's, I find it, this is going to sound horrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I find it like the second wave feminism, like ethos of it and the vibe. I find it very quaint. 
<laughs> it is quaint. I know. There are parts of it where I was like, must have been nice, you know. <laughs> must have been nice not to have to think about intersectional. No, yeah. <laughs> there's a quote and then like there's a been introduction where I was like, no, girl. <laughs> yeah. But there um, are some interesting ideas still in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's quaint in the sense that it's like this woman being like, who do you think cooked the Last Supper? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the domestic sphere. Huh? Um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and yeah, essentially um, bringing in the um, formerly invisible role of women in the Last Supper and saying like the ritual is upheld by women because mm-hmm. women are the ones who prepared the supper. Um, and um, and yeah, I, fi- I found myself thinking about like um, in a lot of like, especially contemporary Christianity where, I don't know, they like, they try to like youth group people and shit like that. Like they try to sell you on, on Catholicism by being like, and Jesus was friends with women. Isn't that so great? Jesus was a prostitute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. um, It does seem to like, yeah, like I feel like the argument is made is like, well, it was worse. You know, like it used to be worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so then what's nice about who cooked the Last Supper is just like, yeah, yeah, that's all fine and good. You can propagandize this shit by saying like, Jesus was friends with a woman. Wow. Uh, And being all self-congratulatory about being friends with a woman and but she sort of is like the point that she's trying to make is um but like the women were there as labor Mm -hmm. so right washing feet um cleaning houses martha hospitality oh my gosh that reminds me and i think that i said this in in one of the episodes in the in our priest interlude uh um that my church that i went to growing up um they like when they got really trad they like stopped allowing women to serve as altar servers and they were like we um like that's a, a men's ministry and women um have their place in the hospitality ministry so yeah so i mean yeah it's all like a it, it is sort of it is a it is a propaganda and saying like but mary magdalene was there to wash his feet right. to make the to dress the table kind of thing so yeah yeah, I think also in the Who Cooked the Last Supper, she does. It's a, similar to Caliban and the witch research of like, yeah. well, there used to be all of these fertility cults that worshipped um, women goddesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and those went away with monotheism. Um, mm-hmm. And there was where in which one male dominant god um, cannot compete with a a selection of gods, a a variety of gods and goddesses. And so is, you know, they're destroyed or they're made into saints or they're just made into like supporting figures or they're made into sin. Yeah. Yeah. And then the material effects of that now I'm, oh man, oh man, there's so much, um, there's so many (laughs) books that I need to finish. Uh, (laughs) like there's so many books to read, but then I think about all these books that like I've, started and only like gotten through the introduction I'm like I, I read it I got it I got the synopsis <laughs> um um so it's yeah they're either made into saints 
made into accessories like Mary Magdalene, um, who I would say is, is a saint and a, and an accessory, but, um, or made into sin for sure. And then in the material world, in the real world, it turns into being made into criminals, the criminalization mm-hmm. of prostitution. There was another book that I read, not related to food, but fertility cult related. It's called, and this, it's so foul. I love the title. I love the title. It's so dirty and horrible. Um, it's called Flesh Pots of Antiquity. <laughs> it's an excellent book it is an excellent book like the oh my gosh I kind of want to go to my bookshelf and like read the back cover but um he's like why don't people talk about sex anymore like everybody's a prude like that's what the back cover of this book it's really hilarious but he's talking about ancient Rome um uh, he's talking about antiquity ancient Roman Greece and um and how brothels were like religious sanctuaries and Mm -hmm. um and like there was religious wisdom to be gained from um high priestesses who were essentially prostitutes um but they obviously weren't uh, characterized as prostitutes they were characterized as priestesses and you would go to them to attain spiritual enlightenment um and uh and then that was criminalized with Mm -hmm. the coming of a patriarchal monotheistic um brand of culture (laughs) um and so so yeah so I think about that too like in the in the um religious literature religious literary world the women become saints but then in the real world they become criminals um yeah 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 anyway (laughs) (laughs) but then there's also and then and then it, it but then there's, but Catholicism is so interesting though, because, and it's so interesting separate from Protestants because Protestants don't venerate Mary. No. Well, I do think, I do think the love of Mary in Catholicism is, it ha- that is a direct line from goddess worship. Like yeah. the, I, yeah. I know, I know Protestants have a big problem with that. Um, like, oh, you, I mean, obviously you pray to saints, but Mary is obviously the saint most prayed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, there's, uh, I think there are a lot of Catholics who like Mary a lot more than <laughs> God. <laughs> there totally is. There totally is. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I mean, that's like, the, that's the mother God, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, cause Mary, Mary becomes also assimilated in this like assimilation syncretism thing, syncretic thing that's happening. She's um, in Hispanic culture. um, She gives way to Santeria and like, she's, she's like a, a, like gateway icon for, for all of that. And like, um, and Santa Muerte is like, is a woman, the, the goddess of death and stuff. And, um, and like often will take on like certain iconography from from Guadalupe and yeah La Virgen um yeah yeah and and but there are also like Roman Catholics for sure who are just like Mary cults yeah I really yeah I love Mary peace peace Mary your name uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah, I mean, I guess in general, there are all of these, I don't know, like, 
iffy, not iffy, but like cultural strange in Christianity that really are coming from elsewhere. And they all have to do with food. <laughs> yeah. Back uh, to the topic at hand. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but obviously that is in every other religion as well. Yeah. Um, that there's an interest in food or rituals around food. And I kind of am curious how you want to go. Do we want to talk more about mushrooms or do we want to talk about sacrifice and cannibalism? Cannibalism. <laughs> Cause I think sacrifice and cannibalism is like, is not really religion. It's just religion depiction hmm. or wait, say more. Wait. Oh, I mean, I mean, I think when I think of cannibalism, I think of like exploitation films. Okay. Um, or, or, and I mean, cannibalism as in like ritual cannibalism, right. In which usually it's, yeah. um, depicting like either a, n- a non-Western culture or, um, a oh, Latin yeah, American yeah. culture as like, as cannibalism. And obviously mm-hmm. there is cannibalism and human sacrifice that existed in this world. Um, but obviously Vikings. Yeah. Right. And so when I think of that, I think of how media depicts that and then, and, um, the traces of where that goes to, but I thought of another, this episode could be like four hours long. I thought of another, (laughs) I thought about, um, Nordic religions and the whole, and Midsommar. Right. Right. So So I do think though thinking about like I was like okay who gets sacrificed where and Miss Omer and Wickerman mm-hmm. they're both sacrificed around fertility again right mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. coming of summer and a coming of the harvest soon and and sort of the cycle of life right mm-hmm. and then in Wickerman they need those bees um <laughs> The the interesting thing, it's like uh, Wickerman is like, um, yeah, they need the bees. They need the cross pollination. And it's like such a, it's a very prudish metaphor for like Mm -hmm. the 1970s, very prudish metaphor of like, we need the pollination. And then in Midsommar, it's like, um, because we live in such a defiled age now, um, (laughs) it's like, it's the, it's no longer a metaphor. It's just like, they get the dude to fuck the girl for the, for his seed and then burn him. Yeah. And that, yeah. And then you're done. And they they have some great food scenes in that as yes. well, in which they do get some hallucinogens. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, uh, I guess I would tie up before we go into like cannibalism and, and those kinds of rituals, I guess to tie up the loose end with like the mushrooms and the sacred, like hallucinogenic medicine. Um, it's interesting to me, I don't want to go too into it cause I don't want to get too gross, but interesting to me, this like, uh, Cause like in Midsommar, she like, she's getting sick all the time, like a lot because, um, because you can become intoxicated and it is poison. And then you have like ayahuasca rituals. I find purging rituals really interesting. Um, interesting because I'm so repulsed by them and they like make me panic. Um, but it's, it's, um, the, the interesting give and take of like, you have to digest the thing to then purge the purge it. Yeah. Um, the, just like remove everything from from your body yeah Yeah. a lot of throwing up this season when we've been to with last episode and this one a lot of puking Uh, yeah I essentially like (laughs) there's such issues I mean who who doesn't but yeah um I have yeah I didn't even think about that the like 
but yeah, they poison themselves and like bar- fucking barbiturates um, yeah. are going to, and it's like a purging, like a cleansing thing. Um, and that's, that's just an interesting, we do not have time to get into that, but it's an interesting <laughs> through line to think about like you ingest in order to cleanse. Oh yeah. my God. Which also ties into Kellogg and his enemas. Oh my God. Yeah. Spiral. Enemas. I'm a spiral. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, that's like a, that's a whole other thread that can be explored. So think about that listeners. But anyway, cannibalism. Where do you even begin? Uh, yeah. yeah but like back those exploitation films are a lot and i was actually going to try to watch some like Hanna- cannibal holocaust or whatever mm. for this one i couldn't get through it because there's so much rape also involved in it and it's it's just too much mm-hmm. um but i was thinking about one media depiction and i'm curious because i don't think you've watched this show yellow no i haven't i i and you You want me to recommended it to me okay i don't want to spoil anything no spoil well i don't know i was like spoil it for me but i don't know listeners (laughs) you (laughs) i'm gonna say like a couple of sentences i won't give too much away but they do kind of i mean they get it's about a high school group of girls who get um their plane goes down and the middle they're off to soccer finals and their plane goes down in the middle of canadian wilderness Mm-hmm. And they're out there. It goes between the future and past. And um, they're out there for like 18 months or something. Um, but it becomes, at least you, as you start to see towards the end of the first season, um, as winter is approaching too and food's getting scarcer, they start having mm-hmm. sort of a relationship with the, or some some of the girls start having belief in some sort of wilder spirit that needs sacrifices. So I think the very first scene that you see, you like the very first scene in the show is um, this girl being chased through the woods and landing in a pit. Um, And then guts and organs being both sacrificed and then eaten. so it's like okay is it like cannibalism but like and then it becomes a kind of thing like maybe we need by the end do we need to give a body to the wilderness and the wilderness will provide food for us Mm. Mm. it needs blood is kind of what it came to be and i was like great let's start a little mini cult (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, classic classic Classic. themes (laughs) I would love to see it. I love, I love that shit. I will watch it. I will watch that series. Um, it, cause it also harkens back to, and reminds me something extremely relevant, at least to me, um, other creatures that cannibalize oh. and eat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I feel like I do <laughs> the vamps. Um, but I was thinking specifically about Jennifer's body and how mm. she's a sacrifice and the reason why it backfires is because she's not a virgin. Virgin. So, yeah. Right. And I, thank you, because I meant to bring this up of like the virgin sacrifice. Yeah. Is that, I mean, and I guess the idea of a sacrifice in general is that you are giving up a portion of your food or. Yeah. Right, right. 
what is yours to God or to gods um, in, in honor? Are the gods eating it? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of. I think the Greeks kind of have that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is like of deference of honor. Mm-hmm. So then to then sacrifice the virgin, right. <laughs> it's an idea of purity. Uh-huh. Um, I think, I don't know. It was like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's the whole idea. Well, I, the idea of like seedless. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, this will bring sacrificing a virgin will bring forth greater fertility, mm-hmm. greater um, harvest. I don't know. Cause it's, yeah. Um, it's like the womb that hasn't been sullied or whatever. Right. Um, but the like sexuality and food. Yeah. 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 Like Once again. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and Jennifer's body is so fucking good. I do love Jennifer's body. Ah, um, and, but, and so it's interesting that then in the way that it backfires, I don't know, it's so genius, the story, because in the way that it backfires, she becomes a vampire who has to feast on boys. <laughs> yeah. Best movie of all time. <laughs> Cannot be topped. Um, but I also think about Teeth, that other horror movie. Of, oh, like, the shit. girl who has the vagina that eats men's penises. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much we're so overwhelmed <laughs> there's so much cultural referencing and actually I just thought of something that I oh I know what I was going to say um um the uh sa- like sacrificing an, on an altar to a god who will provide you give up something of yours so that they will provide more of it mm-hmm. um to say that you will go without so that they can give you some um that is um that's an extreme, but something that I really, really love, um, about like to speak candidly and personally, like on my own, like ancestral altar that I maintain and tend to every day, um, in, in Hispanic culture, you're venerating your ancestors and you always offer them food, libate, whether that's libations, like spirits or, um, or what you're eating. A lot of people will, when they sit down to eat dinner, will like put a little plate of their food and just like leave it out on the altar um overnight or something for the spirit and um and it's like a it's a very practical I mean I'm very attracted to it and like I keep a shot glass on my altar because like it's it's just such a it feels like a very practical thing to mm. just be like here you go <laughs> but it's not it's it's all it's not extreme to this like sacrificing something it's, right it's this like um, I don't know. And I, I don't know if I can articulate or explain why it just like feels right. I, I don't, that to me, it, it makes, I, I wouldn't be able to either articulate it, but it yeah. makes total sense. And like, yeah. even thinking like Dia de los Muertos, yeah. most people spend that like in the cemetery, like mm-hmm. eating meals mm-hmm. or give, mm-hmm. giving a meal to mm-hmm. ancestors. Right. Like that's yeah. a pretty common practice for that day. Yeah. Yeah. And you leave, you leave pastries out Pastry. and like the sugar skulls or right. like right nourishment yeah um, um yeah but then there's also like I mean yeah that's a, like a very I feel like a common desire mm-hmm. to then like you know to give your food to ancestors to mm-hmm. spirits mm-hmm. or uh, or to gods and sometimes those conflate depending yeah. on the culture you know yeah like, yeah what's what um 
I think, yeah, there's a, I think this, I don't know. It's like kind of lovely in that. Yeah. It's a small sacrifice, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're giving some of your own physical means. Yeah. To the spirit realm, I guess. <laughs> Pour one out. Pour one out. We do that for my, might take this out, but we do that very personal for my uncle yeah. every year of like, yeah. we go and my dad will throw a full shot into the ocean. Um <laughs> yeah yeah um which i don't know it's it's really lovely yeah we also had a wit you know like wakes in general are oh my god yes i mean there's a lot of stuff going on there (laughs) but but it is kind of like and the shiv the shiva yeah shiva right all built around food and drinking and and being among people um to a point of like it's not just a point of mourning, but also like the idea that the spirit is passing. Right. And I don't know. Well, it's like, it like, like what's the logic? Because it's, it's just, it's because they don't have the body. They don't need the sustenance. And that's, I guess maybe that's also like ties into it because it's just like you give up something that you need because you are still mortal on living on this earth and in service to something that doesn't need it that, that in, in exchange for like protection or guidance, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I love, <laughs> I love the horror distortion such as in Jennifer's body. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah folk horror will often make use of the food stuff Mm -hmm. i have not seen the northmen i'm interested in if there's any like cannibalistic stuff in there that's a good question eric was watching that the other day oh really (laughs) i wasn't (laughs) i don't know why um Well, I will have to tell you something though. This is religion theme, but not food based. But mm-hmm. I got I got to tell the pot as well. I talk in my sleep quite a bit, but I guess I was asleep. Air came in. I was mumbling like a lot of words, and that I guess sounded Latin, like Latin, very or <laughs> like speaking in tongues. And then I made the sign of the cross. And then I kind of lifted my head, my eyes still closed, and I pointed at Eric. <laughs> and he was like, holy fuck, like, are you possessed? Like, <laughs> you need to smoke your house immediately. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mary. That was like, that was Friday night. <laughs> uh, maybe I gave it to him. I don't know spirit moved from me to him <laughs> um you need some incense yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking weird that is really weird every day there is a battle for your soul mary <laughs> every day 
<laughs> the devil got me this time. I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Maybe it could be fun. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of um psychological torment when you're raised catholic I'm like maybe it would be a little fun <laughs> who's to say wow yeah. you're the chosen one um uh, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking back at our doc, at the Google doc. We might be I, I, finished. It's like, what's hard about this whole season is there's like too much. Yeah. And then so like, you can only briefly discuss it and you're like, wait, so... I mean, like, we'll probably have to do a part two of this season some other time is what yeah. I think. Yeah. It's uh, like the, it's like the image of, of, in my mind, when I think about this stuff, it's like that meme of the guy with all the stuff on his wall and he's like trying to solve a crime. And yeah. ends, it's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too much. Uh, <laughs> and so bye. Um, <laughs> we're done. We give up. Go watch some Midsommar. Midsommar. Get a lot of jackets if you can. Highly recommend renting or sorry, doing the trial Showtime <laughs> subscription. Blasting through that show in a week. <laughs> Another kind of consumption. Another uh-huh. kind of binge gluttonous consumption. Yeah. 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 Do it. Yeah. Um, subscription services like Hulu and Netflix, all of these that just do shows and not movies, they are they are the glutton tempters. I know, but I feel like we've fallen into the trap. We absolutely have, yeah. Um, but the constant consumption, poisoning. <sighs> um, but still watch yellow jackets. <laughs> uh and Sacred Mushroom and the Cross is great. Who cooked the Last Supper is great. Uh yeah, yeah, we got a lot got of wrecks this time. Mm-hmm. New syllabus. <laughs> um, we'll see you next time. Still not finished with this season. Still got a few more episodes. Um, it's gonna be great. And don't forget to like and subscribe and rate the pod on P- Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell your friends. Sign up for our newsletter at sadgirlsyllabus.com. And just yesterday, uh, as of this episode coming out, we've launched our Patreon. So if you really want to support the pod, allow us to um, keep going and um, hopefully keep expanding. Um, mm-hmm. We have a great little extra goodies that you can get for $5 a month. So that's video episodes. You can see what we're doing. I make a lot of hand gestures. Um, Susie comes through. Um, Bonus episodes when available and other things. So yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash sad girl syllabus. Sad girl community. Yeah. (laughs) Crying together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Did you know, um, 
there's a place on the internet where you can get exclusive access to Sad Girl Syllabus News. You can join our Sad Girls Club by signing up for our newsletter at sadgirlsyllabus.com. And with the newsletter, you'll see updates on new episodes, um, announcements on content and stuff, uh, extra insights, links, reading lists, resources um, that don't make it into the podcast episodes. And when you sign up, you get a little gift from us. It's a reading list, um, a, tr- a, a Sad Girl Syllabus, actual syllabus, <laughs> Sad Girls 101. And if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash syllabus. And for five bucks a month, you can watch all of our director's cut video episodes uh, and get bonus episodes uh, when they come out. Uh, if you like what you hear, also please think about rating the pod on Apple Podcasts, sharing this podcast with your friends. Yay. It's really the best way to support us uh, is to help spread the word. Uh, so subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at Sad Girl Syllabus.